0: off the ball daily a home for your favorite podcasts from off the ball i might create a new game i looked at creating a game that just had four pockets on i looked at the table we started playing and i went you know what i like this it's a cross between paul and snooker subscribe to the off the ball daily podcast feed right now otb
1: am with gillette labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now
0: Good morning. You're very welcome along to Tuesday morning. So to be M Tuesday. Did I get that right? I think I did. 23rd of May. Very good morning to all of you out there tuning in as uh, per usual in your usual places. So to be in with Gillette Labs, get the ultimate shave or your money back in the All Night Edition. Available now. Colin Buhi, good morning. Shane, great to have you back. I missed you. I, I missed you too, as always. And Johnny Ward, very good morning to you. How are things? Morning. What happened yesterday morning? Mm-hmm. Go on. It was more so the night before, but um, car, car issues. Um, so I, like people think because I'm from Monaghan, uh, uh, you're, you're obviously a car man. And because I watch Formula 1 maybe as well, leads into this false narrative of my life. But um, yeah, I was uh, got my car back eventually from my uh, mechanic, Finbar, shout out, yesterday evening in Smithborough, in County Monaghan, and uh, yeah, I had a few issues the night before. So uh, it wasn't fun. Now, it's not the damage isn't as bad as I had originally feared, so... Um, you know, he's sitting there telling, telling me about different things that that were wrong with it, and it's yeah straight over my head. Uh, I think you're either a car person or you're not. I, I, I really love my car, and I look after it, but um yeah in terms of the specifics and the mechanics of vehicles, I wouldn't be the strongest. I don't know what you lads. I think
1: Marion McKeown had an interesting article in the Business Post on Sunday about... Uh, the car ownership in the States and how cars have become a lot more expensive in the States. The average price for a new car in the States now is give or take fifty thousand dollars. Right. And the average age of the car that you own in the States is something like fourteen years old. Jeez. Like old. Um, but it's kind of like a part of like I've I've never driven. Like I I know, really? uh, so I used to, when I was in um before I came to college when I was what Seventeen and then eighteen, I would have had a provisional license, and I drove at home. But when I came up to Dublin, I was thinking this the other day. Um, so I'm up in Dublin twenty three years now. I've never had a car, right? So it is never in my head. It's like it's like if you've never had a pint, you don't know what you're missing. It because and you just you don't know you don't know what it's like to, to, to you never you never have to give up because you don't know it. Like so, it's just never come into you. But if if I have an issue in Dublin, like in terms of how I'm going to get to somewhere. It's, it's just not in my head, so it's not a problem, if that mm. makes sense. I love, I,
0: mean? I love the, the, the simplicity of having a car. Mm. Simplicity, I say simplicity. When things happen to the car and you have It wasn't, wasn't simple yesterday morning. It wasn't simple. It's not always simple. But it's handy. I love driving. It's,
1: but it's incredibly inefficient when you think about it, right? Because cars, give or take, spend 95% of their time doing nothing, right? Yeah. So how how, is, how have we allow this to happen where, like, should we not have a system where you just you can get a taxi straight away cheaply or you can rent a car cheaply because 95% of the time cars are doing nothing? Like, that, they couldn't get less efficient. Well, the problem is that the public transport from,
0: say, for example, from Manon, from where I'm from, isn't fantastic. There's no mm. option for you. Like, I yeah. literally I, have to
2: I, I, can I just bring it through my personal heartbreak yeah. about the whole story? Shane, myself, and on Sunday were chatting through, very excited about the performance the show, rankings, weren't right we? Yeah, and yeah. the show in general yeah. at large. Everyone was happy out, and then I wake up to the a red light emoji, mm. which, in fairness to you, was a great warning about what was to come. <laughs> what what was the time was 520 oh, am. And I actually. Well, I, attended, I actually I uh, like yeah, very he, he, late, sent, he said it when it actually right. happened, but of course that's when I thought. Yeah, and yeah. I actually stared at it in disbelief for a few seconds, thinking, I don't actually think this is real. <laughs> That's that's it's, why, not that, the,
0: it's not the same without you. That was the purpose of the red light. You know, I was like, this, 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 this is needs pretty it, this business. This, our audience needs to see this yeah, immediately. Yeah, this, this is
2: uh, and look, we suffered first, you know. No Shane Hannon of a Monday morning. Mm, <laughs> people, but people thank you, were... look, we have you back, and not just back, but in the big chair.
0: In the big chair, I mean. What a way to, to, to start the week, lads. Yeah. Well, for me to start my week. Sorry to everyone who's, who's already had the week. Big game last night. Yeah,
2: JP Wright, voice actor, straight in there in the live comments. Newcastle back in the big time. First time in 20 years it's after uh, a nil-nil draw at Leicester last night. Amazing what some Saudi money can do.
0: Well, it's amazing what Eddie money, Howe can I'm do. I've only been a little bit... It's not season. a great squad on paper. It's not. Eddie Howe has done a fantastic it's job. It's a good squad. team. It's a good squad. Yeah. To get Champions League... I mean, that's.
2: Yeah, first time since Bobby Robson days. Is it right? Yeah, 2002, 2003. Uh, when
0: they had a really good side. Remember that? The Craig Bellamy and Kieran Dyer and Shay Given. Oh, yes. And they were all I'm over sure. Leicester, like 77%. Destroyed them. It's only like at the end Castagna has the shot and you're like. Destro- it's one of those
2: those old games of football manager or championship manager where you're dominating the opposition. Yeah. Except in the game, Castagna's body at the end would have gone in and you would have like exited mm. the game without saving it because that can't be real it has to be a glitch in the system (laughs) but Newcastle hit the Woodwork three times last night they've actually hit the Woodwork 24 times all season which is five more than the nearest side is it yeah Yeah. so imagine uh, how much better they could have been again like they have third uh, in their grasp they Mm -hmm. could finish fourth it doesn't matter these days because the top four automatically qualify back in the day it was top two and turning fourth had to do a qualifier but um, it's relevant now so hence the celebrations last night, but a nil-nil hammering it was mm. for Newcastle <laughs> over Leicester, and for Leicester you fear for them. But it's all very finely poised it for is. the final day of the season, half past four oh. kickoff this Sunday. I love when they all start at the same time. I love, the, I love I love the kind one, of no homework Friday feeling of these last games of the season, where it's it's always sunny. Yeah, mm. uh, teams are wearing their new jerseys. <laughs> it's all a bit of a laugh, It's kind of thing. like a game of Astro. No one's really defending. Yeah, a lot of three twos, four threes, go for broke. A lot of games you never see. They're like mythical. You never, you never see them once. Like if there's not to play for. Like yeah. what's the tenth game on match of the day? <laughs> but there are going to be three brilliant games. Mm. And also, uh, if Manchester United don't get the job, get the job done against uh, Chelsea on Thursday. Yeah, that could also go down to the wire between United and Liverpool for the final Champions League spot. Yeah, but you have it all poised with Everton against Bournemouth. Leicester against West Ham and Leeds against Tottenham, so they're all at home.
0: So Everton thirty three points, Leicester yeah. thirty one, and Leeds thirty one. So we were just saying this morning. So if Everton, for Everton, even though they're two points ahead of the drop zone, a draw wouldn't necessarily do against Bournemouth because if Leicester were to beat West Ham, their superior goal difference would exactly. keep Leicester in the Premier League. So
2: yeah, so their goal difference Leicester's minus eighteen, which is far superior to the other two. Everton minus twenty four and Leeds were really in trouble minus twenty seven. So Leeds are nineteenth. Leicester 18th Everton 17th
0: Jesus that's going to be tense So who are you backing Deitch I think Everton will stay up
2: Look at the size They're playing so with Nothing to play for But that could help them Yeah They express themselves West Ham have a cup final Coming up Europa Conference League Against mm-hmm. Fiorentina So they could feel The relatively strong team it Could be competition For who's going to start that yeah. match So that could be An interesting game Spurs You just have no idea What they're going to do
1: ah. Having the clue How can you trust, how can you trust Spurs it does statistically make a huge difference that a team has nothing to play for. It's a massive difference. Even last night, Newcastle, like I actually backed Newcastle to win the game last night. I didn't see the game cause mm. on, a, on a flight. It was just like, they'll, but they didn't need to win the game. And yeah. that ultimately at the end you could see they were kind of like they were happy enough to draw. And in the like Leicester's first shot and goal was after about like 85 minutes or something. Literally yeah. first shot of any description. Um, but the teams that the fact that as Colin says, the three teams the opposition have effectively nothing to play for is massively important in the narrative. Um, I just it's mad that all those three teams are home. The relegation yeah, the team's are all could, home. Yeah, and they could they could all win. Like the, the, the three of them could all win because it's, it is junk time. West Ham aren't going to be anywhere near their best. Like it's mm. as simple as that. Like.
0: To be fair, if Leicester and Leeds both win, they still can and st- and still go down. That'll only put them to 34 points mm. off the the magical barrier of, of a 40 that does not exist. That that seems to be the 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 one to keep teams up. But it would be interesting if Leicester and Leeds lost. All of a sudden, Everton stay up on 33 points. So you know, I don't mind if Leicester go. I'd rather see Everton stay up. Yeah,
2: I I, I assume I'm just going into this assuming Leeds are going to go.
0: I was chatting to a couple of Liverpool fans last week who wanted Everton to stay up. I know there are plenty of Liverpool fans that'll probably uh, enjoy the prospect of Everton being relegated, but I think from a rivalry perspective,
2: but Jamie Carragher said by yeah, like, the Irish people.
1: Yeah, see if you're an Irish people, if you're an Irish I person. Really I don't. Everton was never. I was a Liverpool fan. Everton was never a thing. If you're you're scouse, maybe you're, yeah, you're More like, like, Carragher
2: like uh, is an Everton fan growing up. Like, mm. and he said uh, it would be pretty funny. He said if they got relegated, oh, and that's Carragher saying. How it for, can he say And that? he said just for a year, and then they come back the following season with the new stadium. And yeah. then they replenished. He said, "If they, if he could guarantee it was only for a year that they were in the championship, he'd take it." But he, so he supported Everton growing up, and he yeah. thinks it'd be funny if they went down.
1: You know, it's it's strange as well. Like the the Manchester City and Newcastle thing, where you have all this petrol State money, like. Um, I derive no enjoyment from what Man City are doing, but in fairness, to Newcastle, like Eddie Howe, really hasn't actually splashed that much cash. It's a football mad place. The atmosphere in St James is still amazing, mm. and it's he's done an amazing job. He really has. Like, and where do they go from here now? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, very like, fair. Are they the new power? Like, where, yeah. who finishes? Um, my brother reminded me actually at the weekend that apparently I said Liverpool would struggle to finish in the top four after the Fulham game. On day one, right? Um, I don't remember saying that, but thanks to him, because it's probably the only thing i literally, literally gotten right all season. Yeah, yeah. Where do Liverpool go relative to Newcastle now? Mm. Um, like Newcastle's going to become such an attractive proposition for players. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. like Eddie Howe is an exceptionally good manager. That's the thing, and you say like
2: correctly like that Newcastle haven't really splashed the catch too mm. much. And neither of Manchester City in recent times. The difference is with those two sides versus the other 18 is that they can spend all the money they want to, if yeah. they want to, mm. if they choose to. So they always have that in the back pocket. They can always panic by Rabinio style if they wanted to. But yeah. they don't need to. I mean, anyhow, I think he prefers that type of squad and they could build yeah. that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But those players are all like it. They're actually, they have such a such an attractive squad from even from a business point of view for the owners because there's a lot of players there that you could sell on for mm. decent money if you wanted to. Make it a bit of profit. It's, you know, it's a decent age squad as well. Yeah. There's a few areas that need to strengthen. 100%. The, um,
0: the Bruno Guimaraes tackle last night... On Samari, yeah, uh,
2: Well, it just kind of goes back to the whole um, lack of transparency in the decision making. So he gets a yellow. He gets a yellow. Um, like, if you look at it technically, like it's it studs onto the knee and it stays there for it's a split second longer defi- than it needs to. It there. definitely stayed there. Yeah, and I like it's kind of a red card one on one. If you were to do an examine who you know yeah. the players that should get sent off for tackles, I, it goes back to the problem. We don't really know why they decide. Mm. Um, certain incidents and like look I'm the biggest purveyor of players need to show way more respect to referees and I hate when players go into refs' faces and yeah. like f and blind them out of it the other side I think refs need to communicate better with players yeah no with the well oh with the VAR well things? you see if they I like I always compare it to rugby unfavourably in that the communication in rugby is fantastic mm. like I look there's still problems the odd time with players and refs but generally speaking the
0: ref explains the decision we all hear it yeah. And then the player accepts it, even we, if they disagree with it. We spoke to Finney Perth about this last week. In the League of Ireland, every week we seem to be talking about refereeing decisions. Yeah,
2: it's not, yeah, it's not that interesting a topic no, either. Like, no, Do you know what I mean? And but it is. But it, you're right, Like it's like people are obsessed yeah, with it. Yeah,
0: but that mutual respect thing is important because obviously referees and players both swear back at each other in every league. Yeah. That's just what happens. Mm. Um, but I,
2: I understand it, from when you're actually at the stadium and you're watching the matches, it doesn't make a difference. You're not going to be able to hear it anyway. Yeah, um, But... I just think there's a long way to go in football between the relationship like there's a lack of trust mm. which I think is a good example there in that incident where Grimrash could have been sent off and he wasn't and we're guessing as to why you'd like you to hear the, the next logic. morning
0: uh, you, would you like to hear the logic in, in an NFL sense where the referee presses a little button and speaks to the stadium and tells everyone holding yeah. <laughs> uh, not dangerous yellow <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I
1: don't, <laughs> don't know what the solution is, but... The uh, referees always seem to be, like, mid-70s or, like, really old in the NFL. It's, like, proper, like, yeah, they're in real yeah. old school. They've yeah. been there, and you just wait for those boos to come in from the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it's strange in the sense of the last 12 months we've had, like, the World Cup with what seemed to be, like, an experiment on extra... and at a time, like, an absolute experiment, and then you've had a complete change in the way VAR is implemented since, sort of, the end of last season mm. at the top level, and where. It's kind of strange now because, like, Liverpool had a goal disallowed on Saturday. I watched the game against um, Villa, and um, like it, it was a, it was a really tough call, and it kind of justified VAR in a sense. But when the goal when the ball went over the line, like the, it was like as if the fans were kind of like f- celebrating, but half not celebrating. And it took probably the guts to two minutes for it to be disallowed. And I'm just like that spontaneity being gone is not fun, really. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it was. Yeah, I don't know. Suck the joy out of sport in some ways.
0: But mm. well, then again, look—if they come to the right decision at the end of it, then that's that's fine. JP Wright, voice actor, she really needs to work on the American accent. No better man to tell me that. I thought my 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 American accent wasn't wasn't too bad. I like—I didn't give it my best there. But I'd like to hear some samples from JP Wright. Yeah. Mm. Could you send us in a few? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100. percent Let us know. Let us know what I'm doing wrong there. Can you um, add
2: on your point there, Johnny? At the moment, I think Klopp is still a more attractive proposition for most players than Newcastle.
1: Yeah. I, I, How long will that continue? We'll talk about Quivey and Keller a bit. The yeah. Klopp rebuild is definitely interesting. Um, I I didn't expect. I actually thought he'd probably. I thought he could be gone at this stage. or certainly gone during the season. But fairness to Liverpool, they finished. They finished the season. well. I still think there's so many holes in that team, though. Yeah. So many holes, particularly midfield. I mean, what four players are going? Three of them are midfielders. Um, bit of turnover.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it feels like the start of a new era at Liverpool in, in a mm. weird way. Even though Klopp's still there, obviously, but but. Uh, Just in terms of the turnover personnel, when you see the likes of Firmino leaving, you're like, this is the end of an era in some Mm. senses. You mentioned Grieving-Kelleher, Johnny, we might as well Mm -hmm. touch on that story because uh, I know Andy Jones is writing about it in The Athletic as well. I couldn't believe when you said this morning, Colin, that like three games this season he's played.
2: Yeah, two in the EFL Cup, one in the FA Cup, and I
1: suppose more appropriately, only twenty competitive games since twenty nineteen. That's, that's featured in, isn't it? Like so, and they're are mm. competitive games. A lot of them are kind of competitive, but they're competitive with the low C Like yeah,
2: he's um, yeah, he's twenty four. Now we look. He had that amazing moment in last season's EFL Cup finals, yeah. mm. like scoring the winning penalty, uh, which is incredible. What a penalty! Yeah. I mean, like, and he's he's such an interesting background. I mean, a player who played as an outfielder. For quite a long time before mm. he transitioned into a goalkeeper, like for Ringmann and Rangers and Cork, it was only because they were short of someone in goal. Yeah, and uh, he was a goal-scoring forward. For a swap, like, hence the penalty against Chelsea in yeah, that yeah, season's yeah. Uh,
1: decider. So the contrast with Pizzuno is so like he, <sighs> it's so pronounced, like who wakes up happier this morning? Bezuna is like, we've gotten relegated. My stock has kind of gone down a bit. Pizzuno's well, well, out of the team now, Alex He's McCarthy's out of the team. Yeah. He's like he hasn't played for what, four or five games. McCarthy himself hasn't been great either. Like yeah. he yeah. wasn't great for Ferguson's no. first goal at the like, No, he wasn't and great done. and he gave the ball away mm. prior to that. Um, but Kelleher's stock has just been kind of static. Mm. where a lo- I honestly don't know how good he is I I really couldn't tell that's you what, that's what you're saying beforehand it was like, he's kind of like
2: a mythical figure mm, yes. like, we just don't have enough sample size of Kelleher bit like Shane's
1: car actually
0: <laughs> yeah a mythical figure <laughs> 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 haven't seen much of yeah. uh, uh, I I don't know I, Kelleher like uh, as we were saying Klopp uh, was saying recently it'll take an extraordinary
1: offer to as recently as last Friday yeah, yeah. You well, know, he's, not, he's not worth extraordinary money it's not it's, a, the, but, like, the, it's not there for Kelleher to what be worth a lot of money extraordinary? he's like, played 20 games since 20, since what 2019 yeah. what, what has he done to ex- suggest that he's worth extraordinary well, money
2: as Kathleen pointed out beforehand as well like that quote could be very deliberate by Klopp saying it will take an extraordinary offer i.e. he is for sale so mm. if you mm. want to pay for him but then as Emma pointed out beforehand it's very tough to get a quality backup goalkeeper yeah. who was willing to stay there and learn from a world
0: class goalkeeper it's different to the likes of, say, Manchester United who have Jack Butland, who's an older, more veteran goalkeeper as the number two. Probably quite happy at this da- stage of his career to get the odd game. Keller's 24, like... Mm. It just goes, like, yeah, I mean... Do you really need a quality second
2: goalkeeper? Like, Neil Warnock used to be a big man for having no goalkeeper on the bench. Phil Jagoilke used to be going in the sticks mm. uh, for or, Sheffield United. Still too far, the other, it's way, too far the other But, like, you're never really going to hit that sweet spot of having an absolute quality, proven goalkeeper who's on the bench for the entire season who's more than happy to do so is still motivated not just by the money but the opportunity and that's why the queuing Kelleher's of the world are so rare mm. but like, By any metric
1: he, what's he worth Like, if Liverpool are in a bargaining position it's impossible to say In this day and age you
2: don't know Like, is he worth 20 million? If he went for 10 I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if he went wouldn't. for 35 I'd be like yeah fair
1: enough because you're, you're, maybe you're buying the potential Like, he's 24 but which a goalkeeper turns you younger But you, you can't pay 35 million for a goalkeeper like, what has he actually done? Like I'm only, I'm only he's only 20 million. Moments. He's
0: only 20 million because of his age profile. He's 24, mm, and that's he's young. He's still young to be a
2: keeper. Ah, like. Yeah, but you don't just uh, splash the cash because a uh, player young. Like but he but has he's, proven he's shown his in, his in big this.
0: games as well. In the very uh, admittedly few ga- big games that he's played for Liverpool, but
1: even for Ireland as well. Like we've he's seen really good, good with the ball these his feet, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. the, the one thing with the, the Liverpool situation, I've always defended Kelleher. I think in terms of his development, being coached at Liverpool must be so good for his development. And I know he hasn't been in that many pressure situations, but he's probably developed into. A very good keeper, particularly with the ball on the ground. Like he's better than Bazuna, one hundred percent better than Bazzuna with the ball at his feet, mm. um, and that's massive. Like, so he has all that going forward. He has the, you know, the confidence of Jurgen Klopp, and he has the confidence of Jurgen Klopp. I just don't know how good he is. I honestly don't because I've seen. Like, well, so, we do have a little. We do have a little bit of. You uh, a, the Carling a few Cup. examples. Yeah,
2: yeah, the League Cup, but also like. I've seen moments where he's he's very kind of he's very solid and actually don't and I do, do remember that, one I don't say that as a compliment he's for Ireland because you actually. don't say, say that much about modern goalkeepers he's solid. in that he's, his handling is actually very good do you, do you remember one like remarkable save he's made for Ireland yet? but that's what I mean I don't think I don't, I, think, actually, I, I don't know, think he's been called I but it. I think his anticip- anticipation is such that he doesn't mm. need to make remarkable saves you know like I say a modern goalkeeper now Cross to come into the box yeah, fits it away could easily catch it fits it away now that mm. itself mm. is effective because you're mm. you know fits in the ball up 40 yards up the pitch mm. but Kelleher. There's a different style to him where I suppose it's kind of GA related a bit in that he's catching the ball very solidly, yeah, and doesn't need to do anything extraordinary, which kind of seems to match his personality and demeanour. Very calm, give very little away.
0: Well, I said it. It's for a goalkeeper. It is. Mm. I was at the. I was behind that goal when Ireland beat Latvia three two in that friendly where Queuing played mm. uh, recently just before the French game. And like, I don't think Queeving could have done anything about the Lafayette goal. Certainly, one of them was a screamer. Remember like, his deflection. I, but I remember yeah. his footwork. His footwork wasn't great for the screamer. Yeah, he he mm. he, he didn't get over fast. Mm. Enough. I think he went with his wrong hand as well. Mm. Oh, mm. It was, it was me saying the, as the expert, like, but it looked like you know he could have gone yeah. with his, his nearer hand. My, my issue with Queeving that day, f- from watching him behind the goal in the first half, was the, there wasn't much in terms of communication. Yeah, he wasn't as yeah. vocal as I'd I'd like a goalkeeper to be. Mm. All right, even in Sunday lead level. You you want a goalkeeper who's mm. who's annoying you like annoying you yeah wrecking your head oh, you don't mm. oh well not sorry but I, I, those goal
1: I, those keepers you I don't you don't want it but them, te- yeah. no it's helpful, it like, actually helps as as I think it helps if you're it depends him. what they're saying but yeah True, yeah, yeah. The, the other thing you should say is like he's been very unlucky that. Alisson hasn't been unlucky if that makes yeah. sense Kelleher could by the grace of whatever you believe in had a lot longer run of games and Klopp I think would have entrusted him he would have mm. so he was probably gambling on I have, I'm have. i going to get a really good chance here didn't quite happen for him but he, I think he does need to go now I really he do probably don't. was gambling on, on Alisson having a per season or a few mm. mistakes but he's Arguably, been Liverpool's player of the season. Uh, Allison, Allison's had ropey spells at Liverpool, but this season he hasn't. Like he lost yeah. his dad as well, and he came through that. And this season he's been outstanding, like um, in a very, very ropey defence at times. Put it this way: if
2: Allison was to leave Liverpool suddenly, I don't think Klopp would make Kelleher the number one. Yeah. I still think he I don't. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to agree. And with I, that And if yeah. that's the case, then he does need to go. Unfortunately, mm. but his education has been phenomenal. Yeah, playing for one of the best managers, and you're under
0: one of the best goalkeepers. Yeah, but concerning. I suppose he has to graduate at some point. See when he decides to leave. If he decides to leave, that's what that's the, the purpose of that uh, piece in the athletic. By the way, that Quimby Keller appears
1: himself ready to move, albeit Klopp saying that. Sorry, so you, you imagine when he like. You imagine when he signed that deal, there's some understanding with Liverpool that they're not going to stand in his way if he gets, whatever Klopp says, yeah. I mean, let's be a little bit fair to the player here, he's been a good servant, he hasn't jumped ship, he's been a loyal player who hasn't been playing, and if somebody comes in, I mean... Brighton seems to be one of the teams, yeah. that just near mentioned. Um, yeah, pretty cool, yeah. just like, you know, the, the Brighton
2: Irish Revolution and all that. Mm. Shout here on YouTube, uh, Kenny the Dad suggesting Nottingham Forest is an option for Cuevin Kelleher if Kader uh, Navis moves on which he might do. Possibly, yeah. Um, and was it Brian here as well in the comments, uh, Bizzuno's stock has tanked Big Summer for Kelleher's Ireland prospects. Bazuno and Kelleher, like, there'll be, you know, brothers and all of this. Yeah, yeah. Because they're both having a pair enough time. Zuwan Tanehu. Oh, uh, I lo- that's the
0: Shawshank Redemption reference.
2: Mm, that's what they'll do, you know. Don't know where Gavin will be like, be, be, like, be like, I'll see, I'll see you there. See you there. The and Queen qu- 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 <laughs> qu- qu- will be coming up with a bag. <laughs> be like, Gavin,
0: I'll come back again. Reds is somehow... That's the place w- in Mexico where they, they decided yeah. to, uh, yeah, yeah. to meet on the beach. Uh, you know, I always wondered about that.
1: It's a bizarre right? now. You know, what, you know I
0: wondered about that. <sighs> that scene? He says it
1: once to him. Yeah, once only, and he still remembers. And you're right. It's like yeah, yeah, I remember that. But, yeah, sorry, he said it once only. We we see in the movie. They don't show everything in the movie. <laughs> no, so there's loads we, of let, moments where yeah. they talk in the movie that we don't <laughs> see. Like let, let's assume. I mean, they're, they're they're in jail for about like three decades together. They, it's, <laughs> it's a two hour movie or whatever it is. Like you've got to say what to Yeah, <laughs> it begins it. with Z as well. Like so. That is that a bizarre. That's analogy. what they'll be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no,
0: they'll be they'll be
2: united there. Well, the, no, well, stick with it, don't worry. Which beach really.
0: is it? Betty's Town? What, what beach will it, is there? What does Ed want to know for Ireland? What? what beach are Bizzuno and Keller going to be? I don't know, this is,
1: this is, we've gone too far, maybe.
0: Um, but they'll eventually be I love like, God, what, what a ride that oh, was. Yeah. It's what a, a ride that it's, was. It's
1: a good little uh, documentary, you know, the two of them meeting together on a beach. Isn't it? Yeah. It's the Sexton and uh, Raj of uh, the football era. Yeah. One Do of them's know? on a boat
2: waving like, yeah. yeah. If you know this, what I'm talking about here, the Sexton documentary. About ten years ago, when they their time in France coincided and they had to the carpool into training. Sex and a Raj. Sex and a Raj. Oh, yeah. And they yeah, became yeah, buddies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying by the way that Bazuno and Keller aren't friends. I'm sure they are. But you know,
1: well, it's also so. Ireland. Like it's with all due respect it's your you know, it's you're playing sporadically for your country, you're playing for your club. It's true Every week. And Keller has had he has had Irish opportunities like yeah um, say what to yeah what a reference yeah. uh, anyone let us know what's your favourite uh, quote from Shawshank Redemption what's your favourite scene oh, we'll be here all day it's, oh it's every GA player in the <laughs> country's favourite, favourite <laughs> movie ok I'm not even going to comment on that that right. makes that actually makes sense yeah no comments <laughs> you're 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 supposed to be the overseer <laughs> yeah, the yeah, show. yeah yeah it's an inside joke the, uh, the Ireland women's national
0: team uh, are going to play their first ever game at the Aviva Stadium this was announced yesterday as well against Northern Ireland so this is the opening UEFA Nations League game, Group B1 this is going to be on Saturday 23rd of September 1 o'clock kick off so it's the first game after the World Cup yeah. uh, in Australia and New Zealand uh, of course they've got those friendlies at Tallis Stadium against France and Zambia before the World Cup um, I mean it's exciting uh, good that the Irish women's national team are getting the opportunity to play in the Aviva Stadium I think they're going to have one of the tiers open possibly and um, an earlier kickoff to bring more fans down from from Northern Ireland as well for it, you could get a decent crowd. Mm. Um, especially, it'll probably be dependent as well. They're probably leaning into the, the World Cup and that post World Cup good feel, good fields. Hopefully, um, to get a decent crowd. But yeah, Ireland Zambia twenty second of June and then Ireland France on the sixth of July. France fifth in the world ranking, so those are the two games.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's such a shame. And Well, it's a, it's a little bit of a shame that those two games, or at least the France game before the World Cup, isn't at the Aviva Stadium. But look, Tala's yeah. been very good to the Irish team, and like there'll still be a huge crowd at both Zambia and France games. But like you say, Shania, they're fifth in the world, France. It'll be great to kind of attract a mm. big crowd at the Aviva, one last send-off before they fly to the other side of the world and yeah. and start their inaugural World Cup campaign. But look, it's something also to look forward to at the other side of the World Cup, because let's be positive here, it could be very... Good World Cup for Ireland. Which would. And the homecoming then against
1: Northern Ireland. First Nations League game at the Aviva
2: Stadium. Something to look forward to in
1: September. Yeah, get a bit of an atmosphere. I, I th- think um, both like, Vera and Stephen Kenny, just in terms of timing and the, the games Ireland have next month, it is quite complex. Like, when you've, lads who have finished the season, some of them are mentally finished the season like for a few weeks, and then they have to prep for this game in intense Greek heat, probably. Like. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, even though... They're in Greece in, in their own mind. They're like, I want to go on holidays now. I've had a players have had ridiculous, ridiculous rosters now. I want to have my holidays. I want to get off. Yet Kenny has to kind of keep them in a, in a happy place for what's a massive, massive game. Like, yeah. and with Vera Powell as well, the timing coming out of the season, we spoke about this, like coming into the World Cup. It's very, very difficult. Like, and, if, if you look at things in hindsight afterwards you would say well that would have been that would have been something that's really hard to manage like so especially going down to Australia as well should mention that uh, that uh, international
0: against the north uh, will be touched on in the Koi Gig pod which is out this morning there's also an exclusive interview very exciting this by the way with the WSL Player of the Year nominee Manchester United's Ona Batia which uh, is really really pertinent at the moment because trying to decipher whether she'll end up at Manchester United or Barcelona or somewhere else next season so certainly an interview that a lot of people are looking forward to seeing. So the Koi gig pod out this morning in all the usual places. Maybe she'll end up yeah, the jay Say what's an ale. what's an ale. Well, you, someone, you uh,
2: someone here suggested is Mark Travers, the prison warden.
1: What
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. was P right? his name? JP's on the farm here. What? The what? prison warden? Yeah. Um, warden. He sneaks it. I remember warden. the, uh, the scene where warden. Andy the friend sneaks into the office and plays the song. Yeah. So like Keller would sneak into the office and play You'll Never Walk Alone or something off the speakers. It'd be more of a bazoona
1: thing to do. Maybe a bazoona thing to do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And like, if you if you I don't know if the three of them had some sort of challenge, like the um, the, the the guy who had to you know who forfeited or who lost would have to just go through like a hell of a mound of uh, SHIT yeah. for like a long mm-hmm. time. And clean clean on the other of, side. Yeah. So I don't know how he built that tunnel. It's pretty
0: incredible. Started off. I know uh, oh, it is
2: incredible. I mean, it's borderline unbelievable that you would be able to do that. I almost
1: say it's unbelievable. You almost say it's. Like it's fiction. so clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's a it's a I remember when I was like collect, used to collect match programs as a kid, and like you'd have a Q and A with the player of you know whoever it was. Your what's your favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption must have been. I'd Classic. say about sixty six percent of the answers like I know, and like it's very predictable,
2: but it, it's it's outstanding. It's a boring answer, but it's a brilliant, brilliant kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one more there, John Daly, full time appointment.
1: To yeah, like it's it's strange the way things work. John Daly was brought in by Tim Clancy. um with a view to being his assistant but also John Daly would have would have told Tim Clancy I want to be a I want to be a full-time manager um, but not at St. Pats I mean mm. you know but I suppose it's an unwritten understanding because I'm at this point there, there are a lot of exciting young managers in the League of Ireland but they can't all succeed because there literally just isn't the mm-hmm. options for them to succeed you have four places in Europe um, you have one team winning the league yet you have all these clubs kind of battling for that and Tim Clancy was sort of the first Colin Healy's gone as well but Tim Clancy he was the first sort of casualty Um, it was interesting I spoke to John Daly after the Shank Groves game last week where he 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 made the point that um, Pat sort of let Clancy go or Mm you know, whereas it was supposed to be mutual and apparently they did kind of have a conversation but, the, you know, we'll, we'll figure out more down the line what actually happened there but I, I know past managers have found the club not the most straightforward to work at, that's definitely true but John Daly has gone in there now with his eyes wide open, he knows how the club works, he knows the potential of it, great crowds at Pats, um, you know, it's in Dublin um, they, there's a great vibe around the club, I think their training facilities are good um, and I watched them against Rovers last week. They were really, really good for much of the game and I think John's family is still living in the UK, I think. Right. So he spent time in Sweden and the UK with a view to this. Um he's a he's a hard enough guy to to really get a handle on. I've only spoken to him a couple of times, very, very mannerly, nice guy, um quite intense I think, and it was interesting he like after the loss to Rovers, he called out one of the defenders like by name. Right, which I think is interesting because that uh-huh. that's kind of an no-no for me. So he's not yeah. he's not afraid to take any crap, but the players seem to have bought into him at a very early stage. And um, I, I wish him the best, um, big big job. And yeah, he's gone in with his his eyes wide open anyway. But but like you see, I mean that, that some of the young players Pat's are to bring into are outstanding quality. Like should be in England except for Brexit, mm. and that's a fascinating aspect of it as well. Will Derry win the league? I think Shamrock Rovers will win the league, but Derry have made it interesting. Um, they've had a couple of injuries, serious injuries um, that have curtailed them. But I mean, this is I back Shamrock Rovers to beat uh, Drogheda on Friday. Drogheda had two points from their last twenty-one. Drogheda beat them, like, um, and you see in this league that. you can't take your foot off the gas Rovers were very good against Pats 1 on on Monday and then lost home to Drogheda who were effectively relegation candidates so it's a tough league I think Rovers have the quality though and the squad and the know-how but it's a two-horse race OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now